Welcome back to another episode of the Mama To Be Honest podcast. My name is Jenea. This is episode 14. What is up, you guys? It has been almost two months since I've last recorded. I'm a little embarrassed by that, but you know how it is. Life gets in the way. And I know a lot of you follow me on Instagram. And about a month ago, I had this kind of like a stream of consciousness about my experience with birth control. And it really sparked a lot of good conversation. And so ever since then, I've really been focusing on getting a birth control series out. And this is going to be the first of two episodes around birth control. And this is going to be the shorter of the two. I'm actually recording with a very special guest that will round out season one of the Mama To Be Honest podcast, a really good friend of mine. Um, She's actually one of my best friend's cousins, and we've become friends over the years. But she is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and she specializes in fertility, maternal care, and women's health. And she is just so knowledgeable about birth control. And I think when I started that conversation on Instagram, you know, in addition to my own experiences and research and conversations, I really felt it it was a conversation bigger than myself. And so I wanted to go and really learn more about the entire conversation, especially with someone that knows way more about this topic than I do. So, you know, I feel super comfortable talking about my own experiences with birth control, having been on birth control for the majority of my adult life and even a lot of my adolescence. But when it comes to the actual science and history of birth control and all of the hormonal things that it does to your body, I felt it was only responsible to get a conversation on the books with someone that really knows what they're talking about. So that's going to be episode 15, the one after this. This episode is going to be the shorter of the two. I really just wanted to expand on my thoughts from that Instagram story that I posted. And it was basically me just having a moment. I think ever since I've come off of birth control completely earlier this year. And it was for really for for the reason of just we knew we wanted to try to get pregnant again. In comparing it to the last couple of times I've gotten off of birth control, I've had a very similar experience. And I think this time around, I didn't expect to permanently come off of birth control or make the conscious decision to permanently come off of birth control. But after really focusing on how I felt and how my body felt in this now, I think like third or fourth time of coming off of birth control and just really acknowledging the differences that I feel in in being off of birth control, hormonal birth control completely was I, I could I couldn't ignore just how different in a really good way that I felt compared to being on birth control. And so I want this episode to focus on my comprehensive experience with birth control since the time I considered going on it until after high school. 
and then all the way up until now, until today. And my my decision after coming off of it for what I didn't know then, um, but a final time, um, what that experience has been like for me, how I've managed my life off of off of birth control in almost a year of of being off of it completely, what that means from a fertility perspective, but also if if you know in the months that we haven't been trying, how I've been managing not accidentally getting pregnant, right? So I just wanted to go through all of those thoughts and that journey with you guys. But yeah, I mean some other personal updates. Work has been kind of crazy lately. I feel like I haven't been able to put a lot of time into my passion projects or, you know, content creation. And I've just kind of recognized the the burnout that all of these amazing things uh, can create if I am trying to do too much at once. I feel like a broken, rec- a broken record at this point, but it's very real. So just giving myself a little bit of space to to focus on the important stuff. Obviously, family is is the most important, but just really feeling and, and acknowledging that I need a bit of time back for myself at times, even if it's not spent how I would define as productively. But I'm very glad to be back. Our kids have gone through a couple transitions this summer. So Jade just started preschool a couple of weeks ago, and it has been a mostly smooth transition. Obviously, anytime something new happens, or even when we go through growth spurts or leaps or anything that presents change into our kids' environment, there's always an adjustment period. And this is very much the case for starting preschool. We're very lucky that Jade's preschool is really close to the daycare that she and Malachi, Malachi still goes there, um, used to go to. So we can do drop off pretty, pretty smoothly. We'll drop off one, then drop off the other. (laughs) But yeah, the transition has been hard as any parent I'm sure can relate with. The drop, yeah, drop off, drop off is the hardest part. So she'll be so excited to go to school and just the anxiety of us of us leaving will happen for a few minutes. And then after we leave, her teachers will send us an update through the preschool app saying, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine usually 15 seconds after you leave. So these kinds of things I always think is harder on the parents because I just feel s- such tremendous guilt right after dropping her off thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to be crying all day. But no, she literally stops crying once we're out of sight. <laughs> so preschool has been so great. She doesn't want to leave every time we pick her up, which is fully contradictory to the morning experience. <laughs> she's made a ton of new friends they have a lot of activities. They do yoga. They do gardening. They have so many activities. You can do extracurriculars with them. You can. We signed her up for a gymnastics class, and so they come and they teach them gymnastics. There's also soccer and painting and Japanese lessons. I, <laughs> I always think about our experiences as kids, and they're just like, all right, you go go play on the playground, and if you survive, you're good for the day. <laughs> So very fortunate and very blessed that she has this new 
preschool to go to and we're so eager to have Malachi start. I think we're probably going to have them both go to the same preschool, obviously, unless we decide to find a different school or move her into TK um, earlier than uh, than expected. So other life updates. I really appreciated the outpouring of love and support following our miscarriage. I decided to take a little bit of a break, a mental break, physical break, but we are trying again and I am really kind of calm and at peace about it this time. I'm not really thinking about it. You know, we're just <laughs> letting nature do its thing <laughs> and having fun with it in the process, if you know what I mean. So that's been really great. And to not have to put pressure on that, but be open to whatever timing is right. And I think that kind of transitions well into the fact that I I am really well in tune with my cycle and my body large in part to the decision uh, be large in part because of the decision to come off of birth control and to start natural cycle tracking um, which I started earlier this year and didn't really realize until learning about it more that it is you know it can be and will be later in my life when I stop trying to get pregnant, a way to prevent pregnancy with the knowledge of my own body, um, my own biomarkers, my own kind of signals and things that my body can tell itself that I don't necessarily need to rely on birth control to prevent pregnancy. So natural cycle tracking for me has been a really effective way for me to plan around my fertile days. And then I'm thinking about it later later in life when I'll solely be using it for um, for pregnancy prevention. Um, I'm I'm fully um, I fully decided to never come back on birth control. And then if later in life we need to decide to go other routes, whether it's getting tubes tied or getting snipped, then we're also gonna do that too. Anyway, let's jump into my birth control journey. So I, yeah, it's really kind of been on my heart to share my birth control journey because growing up and going to public school, and I'm sure this can be said about a lot of private schools too, but in my experience in, in being in public school from elementary school to middle school and even high school, all of the conversations around pregnancy prevention and, um, (laughs) avoiding pregnancy, especially teenage pregnancy, is it's like a really drastic spectrum. It is abstinence or it's birth control. And I never recall, unless I completely missed (laughs) this part of family planning or health and family living, there was never there was never a conversation or a deeper look into fertility awareness or natural family planning or learning about your cycle. I think there are so many things that I can say for myself, but for a lot of women that we don't know until we start thinking about either coming off of birth control or trying to have a baby or making um, the conscious decision to come off of birth control. But there are such basic things that I didn't learn until I was 26, 27 years old, years old. We were starting to have the conversation about having, starting to have, starting a family or starting to have a baby. 
we never, I, I never knew that you could only get pregnant like five days out of your cycle month or that post ovulation after the egg has had time to live and then die, that there is no possibility that you could get pregnant. (laughs) And educating myself and learning about those things after having come off of birth control for a different reason was really eye-opening for me because I'm just like, what, what have I been doing and what have I been putting in my body all this time? And what are the very real symptoms and side effects that I've experienced in trying so many kinds of birth control? So my first kind of go with birth control was in my late teens. I I wasn't sexually active in high school, but I was sexually active in college. So that's when I really started to be like, okay, I need to be responsible about this and get on birth control because you just never know what's going to happen. So I started on the birth control pill in college. And right when I started taking it, I, I knew I just felt off. There was just something about it that really just made me feel weird, not just physically, but mentally too. I would have these mild mood swings. I would have really bad headaches. And I just thought these were really acceptable side effects or symptoms that did not outweigh the benefit of not getting pregnant at a time where I was very focused on school, but still had like a pretty active sex life, right? So I thought, and I do, I do still think that at that age, it was the responsible thing to do because I, you know, if you're thinking about a a teenager in college that is probably prioritizing a lot of things and not being uh, conscious about your cycle or even wanting to learn about it. But at the same time, I think at, in, at that time in my life, when you're going and picking up your birth control pills, you're not being presented with any alternatives other than here you go, here's your baggie. <laughs> and so I was on birth control on and off for a few years um, until until I had finished college. And I think something that was also really challenging for me is I would forget to take the pill I, I think I would sometimes intentionally forget to take it because I didn't like how it would make me feel. And so I would I would skip a few days, I would skip a day, I would double pill on a day, which I it's probably so awful. But I wasn't using it as as intended either. And so that was kind of my first stint on birth control. It just made my body and my mind feel kind of weird. I never got to the point of feeling, you know, suicidal, but I would get a lot of bouts of loneliness and a little bit of paranoia. And I would, I remember calling my cousin on certain nights of just being in my studio and just feeling like super down and like just really not myself. And I think as a result of that, there, there were some times during that period of my life where I would just not take it and I would still be sexually active and I would resort to things like plan B. And I think if I had known about how to responsibly manage my cycle at that time, 
I wouldn't have to resort to taking things like plan B or like really being aware of where I was in my cycle and my phases, my luteal and follicular follicular phase and being able to know how to manage through that while still being able to have the lifestyle that I wanted at, at that age or that at that time in my life. And then I also need to be, <laughs> but I, I, you know, when I think about that too, I was having a conversation with a friend about like, I putting yourself back at that age or that in that in that time. I do think that birth control kind of gave me the convenience of not having to think about it, not having to think about, you know, getting pregnant and and being able to rely on something so convenient regardless of the method. And I just think about what were the things that I cared about at that age at 18, 19, 20. What were the things that I wanted to focus on? And I I don't want to doubt myself that I wouldn't have been open to looking at the benefits of not taking birth control and having cycle knowledge and, and planning and being aware of my um, of my natural cycle. But at the same time, it's hard to tell if I would have been responsible enough to do that at that age. And so I think birth control is a really great option for the convenience factor of not wanting to worry about pregnancy. But I think long, like long term, understanding the relationship I've had with birth control and the things that it's done to my body and my own experience, I I think there's not nearly enough education around birth control and being given the option when you're talking to your primary care physician or the resources that women have to give equal credence to what natural cycle tracking or fertility awareness um, could give you an, an equally an, an equal amount of credence to uh, to the pharmaceutical route. So I was on and off of, birth con- of the birth control pill kind of throughout college. And then when I met my boyfriend, then fiance, and then eventual husband throughout kind of the early years of our relationship, I tried a few different kinds of birth control because I knew I just didn't want to be on the pill again. And it was that it was just a, an awful experience for me, like mild enough to push past it, but I just didn't want to have to remember to take a pill. I didn't like how it made me, I didn't like ingesting it. And so that's when I considered the IUD. And I had I have so many friends that had told me the IUD was such a good option that they've had it in for years. They've never noticed it. They had really like no experiences with pain. Like they would have a light period here and there. Um, but that it was a great option for them. And most of my friends at that time, they had the uh, Mirena IUD. And so I was like, okay, let's let's try that. The copper IUD, I don't know, it, it, it at first it like it kind of immediately um, didn't seem appealing to me. I, I don't know if it was because it was copper or I don't know what I was thinking at that point. But and so I just I decided to try the Mirena IUD. And so I got it inserted. And the insertion, I remember being a little bit painful. And that, you know, the doctor told me that I would feel a little bit crampy, like kind of like a period after the fact for a couple of days. And I in when I got home, after getting it inserted, 
I just knew something was wrong. And I, I, I could just tell that my body was not agreeing with whatever it was that was put inside of me. And I remember that night I got it, I got it inserted um, a few days uh, after the holidays. So a few days after Christmas and I wasn't working because we were still on break. And um, I remember just being in excruciating pain. Like my body, I felt like my body was like full on rejecting this thing. And I think back to the pain of getting the IUD inserted and that experience, that pain for me was worse than labor. It was worse than contractions. And you might think I'm over-exaggerating, but I am not over-exaggerating. And so I knew my body was not agreeing with the IUD that I needed to get it taken out. And so Maurice took me to the ER (laughs) and I feel kind of silly because when I got there and they were, you know, examining me and they're just like, oh, like, let's, let's see what's going on. Like, maybe, maybe you have a puncture or something like that. And I was like, a puncture, like, what are you talking about? Uh, But they, they thought that maybe the IUD could have punctured, made it, made a hole in my uterus or something. And that's a terrifying thought. But they examined me and they said, no, this looks fine. I think I think you're just adjusting. And I was like, no way in hell is does this pain is this pain normal? (laughs) And so I had them take it out. Them taking it out was also really painful. But my body in like the next eight to 12 hours came back to its baseline. I calmed down. My body relaxed. And I was like, never again am I ever going to try that. And I felt really shitty because everyone only spoke really good things about the IUD. But I was like, okay, this this isn't this obviously doesn't work for everyone. And I was just one of those people. And so, you know, at that point, I was still not on birth control. We were, you know, resorting to other methods that were not very not very convenient. But at that time, I was like, okay, I need to find another method of birth control because I have no, I have no other options here. Like, my, I have no options to not be on birth control. Little did I know that I could have very well started my journey on natural cycle tracking and learning about my cycle. And maybe, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I should have really taken the time to to do some research. But the fact that it's not presented in your doctor's office as something you should seriously consider looking back on it is is a real problem for me because i think it again and i'll and i'll say it again that's it's an option that should be given equal consideration if done correctly as a really meaningful option for women to choose outside of a hormonal birth control option but at that time i didn't know any better <laughs> i was like okay let's try something else and so I came to uh, the decision to try the next one on because I was like, okay, this thing that they put in your arm still is a little invasive. They're going to have to make a little incision in my arm and put it under my arm. But I've also talked to a couple women that have tried the next one on and they only report a couple of, of side effects. Um, and I just didn't want to go back to the side effects of um, of the birth control pill like the headaches and and like the borderline depression and 
um, just of just not feeling great physically or mentally and the moodiness. I just didn't want to have to go back to that. And so I tried it. I was like, what, like, what could it hurt? I'm going to try the next one on. And so I tried it, uh, the insertion of the next one on, it goes on your inner arm. So if you think about your bicep, it goes on the inside of like your bicep to where like, you've got a little like arm fat (laughs) and it's supposed to go right underneath, underneath the skin. And your OB makes a little incision um, they numb you. Um, they they numb you with lidocaine, which, it, in my opinion, is the most painful part. They make a little incision and then they insert this little flexible plastic stick, which is the next one on, that goes underneath your skin. So it's essentially like a little plastic implant that you can't, you don't really notice. It's in a spot that you're not really going to rub. It's not, it shouldn't bother you. Um, but it uses a synthetic hormone that stops ovulation. So it stops, um, an egg from being released and it prevents, um, sperm from reaching the egg. So I was like, let's try it. It can't be any worse than the other options that I've tried. And it ended up being the best option for me there. So I didn't experience, I didn't experience the same side effects that I did with the birth control pill. Uh, I didn't have the same kind of reaction that I did to the IUD. Obviously, that was inserted in the uterus and on the arm. But the next one on, I had a little bit of swelling for the for a few days. And then um, after that, it I could hardly notice it. And I didn't have the noticeable side effects that I did with the birth control pill. The one side effect that I did have in the two times that I've had the next one on inserted, I experienced constant spotting throughout the entire time of having the implant in my arm. And that could be a deal breaker <laughs> for some women. It's you. I just was constantly constantly spotting. It would never be heavy. It would never be enough for like a pad or a tampon, but it would just never stopped. And so according to me at that time, that was the least of my problems. And I would rather deal with mild spotting than deal with being really moody or having crazy headaches or just feeling physically unwell. And so that ended up being the the best of all the options that I had tried up until that point. And so the next one ended up um, being my choice of birth control from the time that we were dating um, all the way up until the time that we wanted to start trying to conceive. So I had the next one on for, I think, a few years at that point. And One thing that I didn't notice that it had a side effect on that I didn't notice until coming off of it and getting it removed. So again, I had the next one on in um, up until the time that we wanted to start trying to conceive. And when I got the next one on taken out, my sex drive was through the roof. And (laughs) I think Maurice can probably attest to all of the times that I've come off of birth control and it's only been, so it's been, it's been, it'll, it will have been three times now, but every time I come off of birth control, there's like an immediate resurgence of like crazy 
14-year-old boy sex drive. <laughs> like, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and I didn't, I just didn't realize that it's likely the birth control that was suppressing that. And we're suppressing that very normal, that very normal sex drive that hormonal birth control likely disrupted for me in my experience. And I, again, I want to, I want to make sure to call out that this is not everyone's experience. Birth control is, is the way for a lot of women and it, and it can be a really empowering tool for women. But for me, it's, I've never had a perfect option of birth control other than natural cycle tracking where I could feel like my most complete self, where I could feel the most empowered, or I could feel like there's nothing ever disrupting who I am, my, my clarity, my, myself as a whole person. And so after coming off of the next one on and getting it removed in the first time that we were trying to conceive, I I felt like I was coming back into myself. And, you know, at that time, I was like, oh, this, you know, this is kind of weird. I never really made me think about not going on birth control again, um, because obviously, after I after I delivered Jade, after we had Jade, um, the first thing that the doctor asks is, "Well, what birth control are can we put you on before before leaving the hospital?" And that is one thing that is I, <laughs> looking back on it now, and looking back on the both times I've given birth in a hospital, really kind of rubs me the wrong way um, for a variety of reasons. But it it, it seems extremely forced that. A woman only has to choose from a menu of hormonal birth control before leaving the hospital. Obviously, it's not something required, but in the way that it's positioned to you is you don't want to get pregnant again. This is your only way to not get pregnant, which is completely false. And it just rubs me the wrong way thinking about it now. And and being in that spot where you have just delivered a baby and you're so vulnerable and you don't know what you're doing and you want... And you're so vulnerable that you'll you'll have people tell you what to do and you'll be willing to accept that and just you're in a spot where you're not able to make the best decisions for yourself at the time. I was like, I'm not, I just pushed a nearly nine pound baby out of my vagina. I am in no way ready to have something um, incisioned into my arm again that, you know, getting that put in my arm was not a pleasant experience. And so I was like, you know what, why don't you just give me the pill? Cause it's the least invasive. I will try the pill again and we'll see how it goes. And I, at that, at that point I had just given birth. I didn't really think about what it could do to my breast milk production or what it could do to me going through postpartum and not sleeping, but being on the birth control pill, for a very short amount of time, and I will tell you why, after giving birth to Jade was the most nightmarish scenario, scenario, and I will never touch it ever again. So at the doctor's recommendation, getting back on some kind of birth control before leaving the hospital, obviously to prevent pregnancy. And I can see where, I can see where the concern is. You know, if you, if you give birth, you probably don't want to get pregnant again right away. And it is possible. It's possible. Um, but it's unlikely, especially if you're breastfeeding. But so I decided to take the birth control pills and 
after coming home and getting on getting on birth control, um, I decided to come on birth control a few weeks after giving birth, um, obviously because we wouldn't be having sex for at least um, three to six weeks after after giving birth. And I think I think we waited even even longer than that. But I decided to come on birth control just to see how my body and my breast milk production would react to it. It did not interfere with my breast milk production, but whatever it did to me mentally, physically was really nightmarish. I remember holding Jade and um, laying in bed and holding her and, and, and burping her. And I think I had nodded off or something. And I remember this was, this was probably in my first week of being on the birth control pill. It was my first night of having a panic attack. I like jolted out of bed holding Jade and I just physically, I just couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I, I felt like I was drowning and that happened maybe three or four times more after that. And it was the scariest feeling. I've never experienced anything like that. And I knew, I knew in my bones that it was the birth control pill. And so I came off of it and and they immediately stopped. The panic attack stopped. I don't know. I don't know if it was kind of the perfect storm, perfect cocktail of synthetic hormones and postpartum anxiety and lack of sleep, but whatever perfect storm scenario it was, once I removed birth control from the picture, I was not experiencing that problem anymore. And it was really scary for me. It was scary for me. It was scary for Maurice. I know Jade probably doesn't remember that, but <laughs> but yeah, at that point I, I knew, okay, this stuff is never going to go in my body again. I, I never want to feel that way again. And so I kind of just relied on my breastfeeding to prevent ovulation. It generally does for breastfeeding mothers. So when you're breastfeeding, your body kind of naturally inhibits ovulation. Now, I again, I'm not I'm not an expert here, but doctors generally tell you not to rely on that because there comes a point where your body will start ovulating again and it's really hard to tell when in like when, when post delivery that will be, but I ended up relying on that and I did not ovulate and have a period until around the time that I stopped breastfeeding. So around six to seven months later. So that was my form of natural birth control at that time. And after that, after I started having um, periods again, I had to think about, okay, uh, was I going to, was I going to go back on birth control? I was still pretty scarred from the experience of having crazy panic attacks, and um, I don't want to call it mania, but it was, it was just not a good, it wasn't a good stint of birth control pill for me, and so I just didn't go back on the pill. And a few months later, we were pregnant with Malachi. <laughs> and I think at that time, it, you know, we we were really happy. We um, obviously want to continue growing our family. We didn't think it was going to be that soon, but we were really happy. And now my baby, my beautiful baby boy is here. And 
after he was born, so kind of going back to that second post-hospital experience, the same thing happened. So the doctor and the nurses would kind of be like, okay, you have to you have to decide on a birth control before leaving. And going back to like very strong recommendation that often feels really forced. And so at that time, I was like, okay, I remember what that experience was like going back on the pill. I don't want that. So let's get the next one on inserted again. And so I got the next one on inserted before leaving the hospital. It wasn't pleasant, but I was glad to have chosen the next one on over the birth control pill or any other option. And again, this was at a time where I was not, um, I wasn't knowledged in natural cycle tracking at this point still. I didn't, I, I didn't do any of that research. I wasn't educated on the validity of, of that type of um, fertility awareness um, management. And so I decided to go back on the next one on. And that second stint on the next one on was very similar to the first. I had the same exact symptoms. I would be constantly spotting. Um, I didn't have any other real side effects again until earlier this year, (laughs) earlier this year where I decided to fully come off of, um, of the next one on and get it removed. And just like clockwork, my sex drive was through the roof and it was crazy. And I think that second time of coming off of the next one on, I was like, okay, my body is really trying to tell me something here. And it's telling me that I was not made to have these things in my body. And I, at that point, I also was starting to see a little bit more on social media circulate around natural cycles and just people talking about it more. I don't know if it's just the timing or the realization of women in our generation just starting to learn about about these things or being more aware. It's becoming more mainstream to cycle uh, to track your cycle naturally. But that's when I that's when I found a lot of the resources that I use today. Um, I really wanted to get into the habit of um, of charting and tracking my cycle and my cervical mucus and learning what that meant and learning about basal body temperature and getting a thermometer and really learning about myself for the first time. And I think I had I, I, I had started to do that partially in my in my first pregnancy or ahead of our first pregnancy because I had to learn about, fertile windows and I I used an app and and started to learn about oh okay so this is you know when when it's most optimal to get pregnant. And so that was kind of the introduction for me, but I think that in combination of all of these experiences with different kinds of birth control was really kind of what shut the door for me on 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 birth control and opened the door for really choosing fertility awareness and natural cycle tracking as my permanent option going forward. And so that was earlier this year, that was in January when we when we you know started to to try again and we're open open to trying again. And that was also a time for me to really learn about my cycle and learn about um my body and when I ovulate and you know what my what my BBT is 
at the point of ovulation and what it looks like um, in my luteal phase and my follicular phase and learning about who I am and how I react to things in those phases when I'm calm, when I'm agitated, and really just learning about my cycle as a fully hormonally mature woman without the presence of these um, types of birth control in my body. And it has taken, I'm still perfecting it, but it it has taken um, a few solid cycles of of really paying attention and, and charting and um, learning consistency of of cervical mucus and learning about um, your BBT biomarkers and all of these things to understand. Okay, here's um, here's when I'm ovulating. Here's when I'm about to shed my uterine lining. But all of these things with consistency and time and like building your own data set essentially. Once you've got it down, it is it's easy. It's easy. It's like clockwork. You kind of know what to do. And I think thanks to modern day society, there's an app for everything. I do not use um, natural cycles. It's, it's a, it's an app that's ever growing in popularity these days, but you can very much do this and learn this without paying for an app or, you know, paying for a service. There's a lot of resources um, out there that are really great at, at teaching you about your own biomarkers and um, developing your own kind of personal physical birth control, <laughs> which is what I love to call it. So I can say in the almost 10 months of being off of birth control, I just, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to be like, here's all of the ways that I feel much better. I just feel like myself. I feel without like the presence of anything foreign in my body that that shouldn't be there. I feel like I can fully expect now, you know, what what I have in a period, how to manage through tough period pains. And not every woman's experience is going to be like this. And my my heart goes out to a lot of women that have really, really tough times in their cycle that might present a lot of pain or irregularity. I have generally been like a really irregular, but my cycles are so long that, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is, this seems really weird. Or like, is this a result of having been on birth control for so long? I just don't, I don't have a, like a normal, my, my cycle is on the, the higher end. It's like really, really long. Um, It's about like 33, anywhere from like 33 to 36 days, my cycle lasts. So it's really long and oftentimes irregular. So, but as the months kind of went on and as things are calibrating themselves and balancing themselves and I'm seeing months that look like prior months, I'm like, okay, this really just takes time and it takes patience for me to come back into balance with my body and for my body to fully leave behind what I've introduced to it. And I think, you know, my, my choice to permanently come off of birth control is not one that I take lightly. I am fully 
appreciative of what birth control has given me in, especially in years of my life where I probably wouldn't have been able to responsibly learn or track my cycle. But at the same time, I do have a little resentment that in such an industry that is often predatory to to women, that natural cycle tracking and responsible fertility management without birth control is not presented as a viable alternative or as a credible alternative to pharmaceuticals or things that are, yes, very, um, have a very valid reason to be empowering for women, but they're not the only option. And I think that that is what makes me a little bit resentful about all of those years I spent on birth control. So I don't want to go too much into like the science behind things because that's, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, uh, I'm not a fertility specialist. I'm not uh, any kind of expert here, but just wanted to share my own experiences being on birth control and kind of my decision to come off of birth control permanently. So I think I want to stop here. I hope this was a good precursor to the super sexy episode that we're going to have. I don't want to give it away yet. So you're going to, we'll, uh, I know I introduced her a little bit earlier in this episode, but who exactly, who exactly it is, is to be seen. So it's likely going to be a very long episode too. And I think what, what I'm going to do is I am going to round that out as the season finale of the Mama To Be Honest podcast. Season one has been such an amazing ride and we're going to end it at 15 episodes. And then I'm going to get a little creative about what we're going to do for season two. There are a lot of topics that I want to go through, but I just want to set the expectation that that there will be a little bit of a break after season one. And I want to get more guests on. The episodes that I have guests on are the most well-received and a lot of great feedback come from those. So I think if I plan it out a little better for season two, I want to invest in some better microphones too and get some, some visuals. I've gotten some feedback to get visuals and maybe start posting on YouTube. So I want to really put a lot of time and investment into that, into topics that you guys care about. Um, for expecting mothers, for women trying to conceive, and just for women that want to be here. So I really appreciate you guys being here and for always listening to me and my experiences. It's really, it's something I don't take for granted. I know that our community is a small one, um, but it's small and mighty. And so I really just appreciate um, you guys giving me a voice and and being able to share my my journey. So I will stop it here. I don't want to bore you for too much longer. So we will see you Sunday for a really exciting episode on all things birth control with our special guest. And until then, I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Mm